0: Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012. And I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from the Sully Baseball studio in Palo Alto, California. The birthplace of Oakland A's manager, Bob Melvin. And just a line drive from sunken time in the baseball home of the Stanford Cardinal. I was thinking about something the other day when Wade Boggs got his number retired. And I started, obviously I was being nostalgic as a Red Sox fan. There was a lot of talk of the 86 series and a reunion of that 86 team. And I talked a little bit about that on a podcast the other day. So I'm not going to go too deep into that. But I was thinking, you know, I've been a baseball fan for a long, long time. That Red Sox championship in the, the pennant in 86 and the near championship was a absolutely staggering event. In my life. it was positive and negative. I mean, it was the most exciting thing I had ever experienced as a baseball fan. And even after the devastating loss in the World Series, I watched the highlight reel over and over again. I had such pride that the team made it to the World Series. And that I had seen them go to the World Series. At that point, remember, in 86, I had not seen the Red Sox in the postseason at that point. I was someone who I was too young to appreciate, 1975, I was only three years old, and you go by the rule of seven, I was too young to really know what was happening in 1978. So year in and year out, I was a Sox fan and could not fathom the idea of seeing him in the postseason, even, even the league championship series. And when, they, when it looked like they were about to lose the league championship series to California, in 86, there was part of me that was saying, man, at least I've seen him in the playoffs. I never thought I'd be able to see the Red Sox in the playoffs. And the next year, 87, my family moved from Massachusetts to the San Francisco Bay Area, moved to Palo Alto. And I I never left the Red Sox, but I had adopted a National League team, the Giants. I, I flirted at one point with the idea of maybe I should become a Giants fan if I'm going to live there. And I wore a Giants hat for like, you know, a day. And I thought, no, I'm a Red Sox fan. I can root for the Giants. I can want them to do well. But when push comes to shove, I'm a Red Sox fan. Well, I, and, and I sort of found that there were similarities Between the Red Sox and the Giants, that is, great teams that came up just short. And I saw that face-to-face in their collapse in the 1987 National League Championship Series. I remember thinking, oh, wouldn't it be cool to see the Giants win? And there were a couple of years that you would have thought I was a Giants fan my whole life. 1993 certainly was one of them. Uh, 1997, an underrated Giants team when they lost to the Marlins in the Division Series, 2,000, you know, it's it's not always the best team that winds up winning the World Series for a franchise. And the 2,000 Giants were such a wonderful team, and no one's going to remember them because they lost the Division Series to the Mets. But I remember thinking, yeah, it would be great to see the Giants win the World Series once. That would be a cool thing to see. And I stop and think about those years, 86 and 87, 14, 15-year-old Sully. I'd been a ball fan my whole life, but now it was like I was an intellectual baseball fan until I was 14. Then I became an emotional baseball fan because I had not just watched the game, cheered for the team, but, you know, investing the emotion in October where you think, Am I going to see it? Am I going to see it? Am I going to see it? And you're letting your guard down. It's like being in love. It's absolutely like being in love. You let your guard down. You let your emotion get the better of you. You start to do things without a sense of protection. I don't mean that like a condom. I mean protection around your heart. It's like I'd given my head to baseball, but in 86 and 87, with the Red Sox and, to a lesser degree, the Giants, I gave my heart and my soul to it. And I was thinking back to those days, teenage days, falling in love with a couple of people who I'm still Facebook friends with, making a giant move, no pun intended. Or maybe pun, let's make the pun intended. Why always why should puns always be unintended? At that particular point, it wasn't my goal, you know, that right down. Oh, let's make it less intended. Why not? Who are we hurting? And we made the giant move across the country. And I started thinking about the things that I'm thinking, I wonder what I'll ever experience. I wonder what great baseball events I will see. And I remember reading about baseball history and thinking about the events that I never saw. And now, here we go, fast forward to 2016. Was it, 30 years later? How is that even possible? 30 years later. And man, oh man, your pal Sully does not feel ripped off. In fact, I feel spoiled. I want to see the Red Sox win one World Series. I saw them win a World Series. Then I saw them win another World Series. And then I saw them win another World Series. I wanted to see the Giants win a World Series. And I saw them win a World Series. Then I saw them win another World Series. And then yet another. I witnessed... One of the great games in the history of the Red Sox. One that ESPN seems to have edited out of the ESPN uh, documentary about the 2004 playoffs. That was it. four days in October. They cut out the Kurt Schilling bloody sock game like the week after they fired Kurt Schilling. So I'm just going to leave that there. But I was at that game. I was also at a World Series game in San Francisco, and I went to that game with my father. My computer just made a noise. I'm not going to edit that out. And I started thinking, think about some of the other things that I've witnessed. I've witnessed home run records fall, but Sully, Sully, they were on steroids. Shut up. They were fun. They were fun when it happened. They were fun when you were witnessing them. All right, maybe Bonds passing Henry Aaron wasn't the most fun experience of all time. But do you know what? I was in the Bay Area when it happened. And it was kind of something when it was here. And you can hate McGuire and you can hate Sosa all you want now. But then it was a lot of fun. Do you know what I also saw? I've also seen some World Series that, man, I haven't witnessed some of the great World Series in the past, but I don't feel ripped off with some of the great moments that I've witnessed and were able to, some of them, watch with my heart wide open. I'm not a Minnesota or an Atlanta fan, but the 1991 World Series, I put that up with any World Series in the history of baseball. And in fact, if you take a look at some of the drama that happened in those early 90s, holy crap, both Braves Pirates League Championship Series were unbelievable. I got to see one of those moments like the Cabrera. When you have some moments that are single, that you just associate with one name, you know, the Gibson home run, the Cabrera single, the Carter homer, I watch those. You know, I got to see some of the great games in baseball history. I don't feel ripped off. The Joe Carter home runs, an all-time great moment in baseball. I was devastated when Francisco Cabrera got that hit, but I watched it. It was one of the great moments in the history of baseball. The Kirk Gibson home run, I, you put that top three. Top three moments in the history of the game. I got to watch World Series Game 7 go to extra innings. I got to watch the Yankees. Now, this is going to sound weird coming from a Red Sox fan, but I got to see what it was like to root against a damn Yankees team. And I got to watch it from New York, and I got to watch it evolve because I was there in the early 90s when the Yankees stunk, and in retrospect, watching the Yankees become a dynasty again, it makes me feel like, do you know what? I don't feel ripped off that I didn't see the Yankees in the era of, you know, what Would Pete Clemente, when he was on the show, talk about watching them during the days of Joe DiMaggio and Lefty Gomez. You know, I didn't see the... Mantle years. I didn't see the Ruth years. I didn't see the DiMaggio years. I didn't see Yogi Berra play. But I got to see the Tory years. And who knows if we're ever going to see something like that again for the Yankees. Maybe, maybe not. The way that the economics of baseball are set up now, the Yankees don't have that overwhelming advantage that they gained in the late 1990s, early 2000s, and that the Red Sox also exploited when they picked up their first championship, or since 1918. So with revenue sharing, with teams getting smarter, and realizing, hey, if the salaries are going to keep going up and up and up, we might as well sign our long-term star to a 10-year contract now, because, what are we gonna? You know, we're about to be outbidding for someone later. So maybe, even if though it pained me, I was in New York watching it face to face. It pained me to see the Yankees be a great dynasty again, and yet I got to experience that. I got to experience the pain of Red Sox collapses, not as an abstract not as something that is an intellectual exercise of knowing the years that the Red Sox fell to the Yankees. I got to witness it face-to-face, the 99 playoffs. I loved that 99 team. And the 2003 League Championship Series, that was so devastating that it almost drove me away from the Red Sox forever. Think about what I've been able to experience as a Red Sox fan those depths and the heights of the championship and the frustration of watching the Yankees. Oh, the Yankees are great again. God damn it. I have to—I can experience that. So when I see an old-timer, when I talk to Pete Clemente, right, who was the guest on the show a few weeks ago, or anyone who's an old-timer, I can say, yeah. Yeah, I, I've experienced that. I've watched Cleveland wet the bed. I've seen the Cubs collapse. I've seen the Cardinals, who were a team that was an example of consistency, from Rogers Hornsby through the Gas House Gang, through Stan Musial, through Bob Gibson, through Lou Brock, through Red East. I got to experience that too, with the Larussi years, with the Pujols years. I don't feel ripped off. I've got to see the Red Sox put together some of the greatest comebacks ever. The comeback against the Angels. Obviously the comeback against the Yankees. But you what? they were down 2-0 to a terrific Cleveland team. They were down 2-0 to a fabulous Oakland team in 2003. They were down 3-1 to Cleveland in 2007. They were down 3-1 to Tampa Bay, and they came damn close to winning that series. And they had to come back with the grand slams against the Detroit Tigers. I don't feel ripped off. I'm spoiled. Absolutely. I got to witness a Chicago championship. I got to witness events like the Pujols Homer off of Brad Lidge. That bananas Colorado Rockies-San Diego Padres one-game playoff. The heartbreaking for me A's Royals wildcard game. I got to witness a home run ending a World Series and several other postseason events. I got to watch, and I watched it from a bar in Glendale, California, Roy Halliday throw a no-hitter in the postseason. I've seen Red Sox teams win games on walk-off homers. I've seen players get 3,000 hits. I've seen four Red Sox no-hitters. I keep thinking back to the Sully 30 years ago. You know, ninth grader, 10th grader. And thinking, oh, you're going to see all this stuff. You're going to witness this stuff. You're going to witness in... Three different 10-year stretches, 1991, 2001, 2011. Three different World Series that had absolutely bananas come from behind victories. The Twins over the Braves, which was, as I said before, the greatest World Series I ever saw. The Yankees versus Arizona, which was damn close and the cardinals in texas which one thing it lacked was the dynamic game 7 but game 6 of that series was one of the best i ever saw and to look up and say my goodness look at this what i've been able to experience and witness and i stop and think of like i'm spoiled I'm spoiled because I got to witness players like Randy Johnson and Greg Maddox and Ken Griffey Jr. And yeah, I'll say it, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens in their entire career. I don't feel like, oh, I never got to see Mays, I never got to see Aaron, I never got to see Mantle. Yeah, but the people who died in 1986 didn't get to see Griffey. And I got to see Griffey when he was a minor leaguer. So what else do I want to see? When I think about my baseball bucket list, not that I think we're going to die anytime soon, but what else do I want to see? A Cubs pennant would be nice. An Indians World Championship would be nice. I'd like to see friend of the podcast, Sean Doolittle, win a ring. I'd like to see baseball come back to Montreal. I'd like to see the Seattle Mariners win something. What else would I want to see? I guess the one thing I want to see is that thing that never happened. It's never happened. To see a World Series end on a walk-off come from behind Homer. That's never happened before. That's never happened in history. Only two home runs have ever ended a World Series. Bill Mazarowski. Got the home run in the bottom of the ninth of game seven of the 1960 World Series. But that game was tied. Joe Carter hit a home run that was in the bottom of the ninth, and that was a come from behind homer. But it was game six. The Phillies had won, there would have been a game seven. So I guess that's what I want. I want to see a team win the World Series bottom of the ninth tenth or whatever the walk off homer that when the ball is leaving the hand of the pitcher that team is ahead and when the swing is finished the other team wins I think about some like the Bobby Thompson home run or the Francisco Cabrera hit those are examples of those types of moments those types of hits that that happens but it's never ended a World Series like that. And that's what I want to see. I want to see that. Now, if it's the Red Sox doing it, great. If it's the Giants doing it, not bad. If it's the Indians doing it, oh, that'd be pretty cool. If we were the A's doing it, nice. If it was the Marlins doing it, anyone doing it. The one thing I don't want to see is the Yankees doing it that way. I just don't want to deal with that again. I wouldn't mind seeing the Yankees not win a pennant for a while. That would be nice. That would be very nice. In fact, I would like to see this decade end with the Yankees not winning a pennant. Because, well, we haven't had a Yankee, Yankee pennant-free decade since the 1910s. And that would make your pal Sully kind of happy. I have a feeling they're not going to make it to the World Series in 2016. So that means they have to miss it in 2017, 2018, and 2019. And I'm telling you, I'm going to be doing this podcast through those years. Your pal Sully is spoiled. If I wrote down a list in 1986 of all the things I wanted to see in baseball, the Red Sox title would be first and foremost on it. But all the things I would want to see, damn, I've seen almost all of them. And in fact, I've seen things that I wouldn't even have imagined, like a Yankee dynasty. Maybe this is why I don't mind the Yankee dynasty being so good as they were, because that buildup, it is all prologue. The Yankees being so great in 96, 98, 99, that stretch where they were so brilliant, made what happened in 2004 better. Because if they were an upstart Yankee team, it wouldn't have meant as much as the powerful Yankee team, the brilliant Yankee team that was about to win, what was it, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, they six, seven? They're about to win their sixth pennant in eight years. That they were a dynasty by any definition. And that was the team that the Sox not only beat, but they beat in a way that was not possible in 1986 because of the way that the league championship series was set up. And with the Red Sox down three games to none with the greatest closer in the world on the mound. It's all prologue, it's all a chain reaction. The universe is a chain reaction of events, and I've been able to witness the equivalent of black holes and quasars in all of baseballdom. And you know what? When I look at the past, I don't feel ripped off. In fact, I might be kind of spoiled. Go to MLBReports.com. To see the up-to-date listings of Who Owns Baseball, go to sullybaseball.wordpress.com. Like me on Facebook, so have an iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kalisky. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast. And I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.